0: 360 degrees, ha, ha, 360 degrees, ha, ha, 360, 360, 360 degrees, ha, ha.
1: All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And tonight we'll bring you some personal stories. These personal stories conveyed through interviews and firsthand narration will give us some insights and thoughts of the person who may be standing next to or passing by us at any given time of the day. On tonight's show, we'll hear how one man made it from Michoacán, Mexico to be my neighbor right here in Antioch, California. We'll also hear the reflections of author Arif Khatib recalling a recent trip to the Midwest as he traveled to speak about his book In the Shadows of Obscurity and his new film, Because They Believed. Later, we'll hear from KPFA mailroom employee and host of Pushing Limits, Josh Elwood and first voice graduate, Sonia Tyson. And we'll close out the show tonight with some sounds from outside the Contra Costa County Superior Court and District Attorney's Office in Martinez as family members react to the sentencing of former Contra Costa County Sheriff and Danville Police Officer Andrew Hall to six years for the 2018 killing of Latimer Alolida. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Free Will and Franklin. Coming to you from downtown Antioch, this is Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewell and Franklin, and I am your host tonight. And yes, tonight we are sharing personal stories. Personal stories are ways we can get to know things about people we have never met. We can live through their experiences and hopefully see some things with a different perspective. Sometimes those stories take us places and we can travel along with someone else and enjoy their journey. This is one such story. To kick us off tonight, we're going to hear from Arif Khatib, the founder of Oakland's Multi-Ethnic Sports Hall of Fame, author of In the Shadows of Obscurity, and producer of the recently released documentary, Because They Believed, which shares the stories of achievements in the face of challenges faced by many athletes of color. A short while ago, Arif visited Kansas to talk about his film and his book. In this look back, he talks about the discoveries he made during that trip and their impact it had on him.
2: I went over to Fort Scott, Kansas. The birthplace of one of the most noted yet unrecognized photographers and film producers in the world, Gordon Parks. We spent some quality time there, meeting with his great niece and the director of the Gordon Parks Museum, a quick tour of the community college. From there, we journeyed to Wichita, Kansas. I really wanted to know what was Wichita all about. I found it has some fascinating history. Very, very interesting. I had not been there for 25 years. The only time I was there is when I went through there with a band that belonged to my record label. We were on a tour. And when you do these tours, you come into a city, you sound check, you do your show, the next day you're gone. And the show is generally at night time, so you don't really think about anything else. This time I had an opportunity to spend six days there, and I approached it much differently this time. Uh, the part that I was most intrigued with, because I like westerns, was that's part of the western trail for the cattlemen back in the 1800s and early 1900s. I then uh, did five interviews, one for NPR, two television stations. One was called What's Up Wichita. At the NPR interview at the radio station she was most resourceful and introduced me to Jackie Robinson's daughter who had a league there called 42 League. And then they took me on a tour of the city. I was able to go to the African American community of the 20s and 30s, where the Dunbar Theater was the only place they could go. It's there now, it's being rehabbed. We were able to uh, attend the Orpheum Theater there, a beautiful Art Deco theater. I was invited to a party at an attorney's home, a white person. He, his wife, and his son are all attorneys. And we became fast friends because he went to Ohio State. He got his law degree from the University of Kansas. He said four blocks from his house was the Kansas Hall of Fame. Then he took me for a tour of his house and showed me back in the memorabilia. Wilt Chamberlain, who's from KU, and all the other stuff. The next day, I was at another event, and I saw across the hall some people from England. mingling, and I asked her what was that about? She said, they're installing the new president of the Chamber of Commerce tonight, and they just finished. You want to meet him? Absolutely. So we go over to meet this person. He's an African-American. He was formerly the director of a Visitors Bureau in San Jose. Then he went to Houston, and he was interviewed for this job and was successful in getting it. A beautiful brother. From there, the next day, I did a, a speech at the uh, Wichita State University. African-American studies, Dr. Weems, there, beautiful brother. From there, I met a, a lady from Boley, Oklahoma who saw me on television and got in touch with me and came to see me in the lobby. She's a retired artist, art teacher. She owned six containers, like the port containers. On 10 acres of land that she left, she said within walking distance of my hotel. She wanted to turn it into an art campus connected to the university. She showed me all of her art, absolutely incredible, beautiful stuff. After that, I went and met the owner of the largest bookstore they have there. Did the cowboy thing. I went to one of the saloons, vacant, but they opened it for us and went in and I went over to the bar and pretended I was a cowboy. I threw a quarter on the bar and says whiskey. So I was kind of reenacting all that. It took me on a tour of the buildings that still stand from the late 1800s. There was one house built by a guy called the Murchison House, was built by a black guy. They didn't tell me about that, I had to find it out my later. And then we visited the church uh, the sheriff's office, yeah, they're no longer active, it's a tourist thing. No? And we ended up in a bar for a barbecue. And this person comes over and said, sat down by me. He says, can you believe that in this bar, Wyatt Earp played cards right over there. Bat Masterson was the sheriff, and Billy the Kid was here in this town. It was so fascinating. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get over it. It really was just absolutely incredible. And I could talk about that for two days because I love history. And there was a lot of hidden history there from African Americans that I was unaware of. So as I was leaving Wichita, I could not wait to get home to put on a Western. And and so when I come home and turn on the television, as soon as I walked in the house, I dropped my bags, I turned the TV on to the Western and relived it, really, really, truly relived it. It was a fascinating trip. Wichita is a great place to visit, recommend it.
1: Okay, welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Network. I am Free Franklin, and you just heard author, producer, and storyteller, Arif Khatib, as he reflected back on a recent trip to Kansas. Thank you, Miss M., for that audio, and be sure to check out the link to his book and his film on our website, kpfaapprentice.org just after the show tonight. And the acoustic guitar you heard in the background was from the Mr. Snooze YouTube channel. You can find a link to that also on our website. Now we're going to hear a personal story I produced in 2007. At the time, Full Circle was featuring the effects of southern migration on our neighborhoods and communities. So at that time I ventured out into my own neighborhood to speak with one of my many Spanish-speaking neighbors. What I wound up with was a great story from Silvino Acala, a man from Michoacán, Mexico, who made his way through Mexico to Southern California and north onto Antioch, California to be my neighbor here in the Bay Delta region. This is part of his story. For the past seven years, I've been living in the same house. And over the years, you can't help but notice that more and more of my neighbors are coming from south of the border. If I want to see the effects of that, well, they're all around me, from the churches to the taquerias and especially the corner store. But I wanted to get out and ask someone, one of my neighbors, to tell me their story. Although I found them friendly and ready to talk, when I told them I wanted to record them and put them on the air, Yes? hi, my name's I got no thank you.
3: No thank you.
1: So I got on my bike to try again. And again, I got no thank you. Finally, I rolled up on my next victim. This time there would be no closing door. This man was already outside working on his van. When I told him who I was and what I was doing, he agreed to talk with me. So I asked him to tell me who he was and how he got to the US.
4: Yeah, my name is Sabino Alcala. I came from uh, Michoacan and I've been here for 1979. Well, the first time I went I came here, so I thought it was going to be hard to come, uh, to come over, but wasn't because I uh, came on legal.
1: After being in the U.S. for a few years illegally, Silvino worked out his status to become, quote, legal. Next, I asked him what he did to earn money once he crossed the border.
4: I worked in L.A. for a long time. The first work I did, I've been a roofer. been a roofer like for 10 years. You know, that's the, the hardest job in uh, California. But... You know, when we came from uh, different countries, we had to do whatever we had to do, right? To get the money to survive.
1: Working as a grouper, Sabino earned some money and moved north. And like most people, he started small.
4: I used to live in apartments and we paid rent for a while. And uh, I got a little, how do you say that? I have an opportunity to buy this house right here where I where I live right now. It's why I'm, I'm in, this, in this area. So I like this place, it's so quiet. There's not many game bangers or anything, you know. It's kind of a good place for our kids. And for us, you know, it's kind of safe.
1: Now he and his family live in the neighborhood I call home. Out back, I could hear his kids playing and I asked how many kids he had.
4: Got four. The first one is eight years old, the other one's a seven, the other one is four and the other one says two and another was coming in the way the other one's in the way <laughs> it's gonna be five
1: after learning how large his family was i wanted to know what he's doing these days for work
4: i tell you what i'm uh i'm doing tamales i'm a I'm, uh, fast doing a fast food I'm, uh, I'm selling uh homemade tamales that's the way I, uh, I pay the house and that's the way i fit my family i pay the bills and everything so I'm still here, you know, and like I said, God give us some knowledge to do things, to keep going, to keep, you know, to survive in this world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Most people who cross our borders, for whatever reason, leave some family behind. But Salvino told me his story was different.
4: Well, the thing is, in, in Mexico, I don't have any too much family, because I, uh, I grew in my I grew alone, you know. So my mother passed away, my father I don't know where he at. So I grew in a hard in a hard way, you know. But I'm still I still you keep know, keep going, you know. Cause I didn't go back in Mexico anymore for a while, so I don't feel like having any family down there. For the is here, I'm here now.
1: Seeing Silvino's home and family made me think he must be happy, right? Then he told me he wasn't happy and that he had some bad news
4: not really because uh in the, in this kind of situation it was kind of hard to handle this this kind of economy and uh, in this case, I must put it close to 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 lose my house because the company was they were saying that they didn't get the payments when they did' so they they received the payments and they take this house for and fall
1: of course, I had to ask, what was next?
4: Well, the thing is, uh, I learned things, you know, from by doing this. Cause I know the life was hard, but I still gotta keep going. And you know, like the way we we, we think, of all the most of the Mexicans, they never give up on anything. That's for sure. They will live with that, with money or without money. Still, still, still keep going. They never give up. I'm, and that's my my opinion. That's the way I think before they, they they took the house they gonna be have enough money to move out somewhere else.
1: <laughs> Finally before I left I had to ask how he felt about the way our government treats people crossing the border.
4: I don't feel too good because uh, I have a, actually I'm a legal now, but I don't, I don't feel good with the way they treat my, my, uh, the people from my country, you know, because they, I don't want, uh, I don't want to say so bad things, but they treat like animals sometime on the border, when, when they try across cross the border, and they treat so bad, you know, and I don't feel good for that. And I know this is part of the Mexico, was a part of New Mexico, and, uh, all the, the ones that say are the Americans, they came immigrants too, so they're all immigrants. We, I I know that they're, they're all immigrants. They are born here. I know that, but they not belong to this country for sure. So that's the way I feel.
1: For full circle, this is Free Will and Franklin. <laughs>
2: vana la piedad te te peque al infierno te gililla con mal morelezo río ay
1: la 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 welcome back this is full circle right here on 94.1 fm KPFA a and kpf a.org We are part of the Pacifica Network. That song you just heard was Paseando por Michoacan or Going Round Michoacan by Conjunto de Opera Grande or Big Harp Ensemble. And it's from the album Tierra Caliente, music from the hotlands of Michoacan. You will find a link to that on our website, kpfaapprentice.org. All right, let's get on to our next story of the night. Up next, Miss M talks with someone who is near and dear to the First Voice and Full Circle family. That is KPFA mailroom manager and host of Pushing Limits on KPFA, Josh Elwood.
5: Josh, why don't you introduce yourself?
6: Yeah, I am Josh Elwood and I'm I'm part of KPFA.
5: Josh and I have known each other for a long time. He's been here longer than I have. So Josh, tell us about how you started at KPFA.
6: I started as a volunteer.
5: That's how many of us get started. I remember my first exposure to being in the station was Sitting down as a volunteer in the phone room, answering phones, I said, oh my gosh. Okay, so what kind of volunteer work did you do at the beginning?
6: It was a lot of what I do now.
5: Okay, so you started out volunteering, and eventually your journey has led you to your position today. Do you want to tell us about your work today?
6: It's really sending out mail.
5: Well, it's not just sending out mail. You also have to process it. Right. You have to take it to the post office, or you used to do that. I don't know what happens these days.
6: These days, mostly it's just it's the post office picking up.
5: Ah, that's a break. And also, you receive mail and distribute it. Right. Right, because I know that sometimes you've notified me that I have something waiting, and I really appreciate that. So, as I mentioned, we've known each other and you've helped me when I've worked on other shows because when I was producing about health, you were also helping me. That's right. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
6: I I, I mean, I would get him water. I would get him and his guest.
5: Right. You would get them situated. Yes, because Dr. Lenore sometimes was just on the edge of getting here before the show started so you helped facilitate everything so that he and his guests got in smoothly we'd be ready to go to air when it was time right so you've also helped with full circle by doing some shout outs for us right you want to share a little bit about that
6: and i and i do i do the shout outs whenever i have a minute it seems like i have a little bit of time
5: i think for about health you also did a a pre-recorded promo and right. So another way that I know Josh is through Clausen Do you want to say a little bit about Clausen
6: House? House is this this wonderful organization in Oakland. I think they I think they're really great.
5: They are really great and I remember that my brother went to Clausen and that you and he did a video production for me. And do you remember the name of your House worker at no, the time?
6: I, no, I don't.
5: It was Jackie something. I don't remember. Right. But you and my brother and the Klausenhaus person did a whole show for me at Berkeley Community Media about House and the, the kind of wonderful stuff it does. Right. And how you guys were involved with it. Right. I don't know if it's being shown on BCM, but I, I hope so, because it could help many people to, to know about what they're doing down there. Right. So, Josh, tell us about your interests outside of the station.
6: Oh, I take walks. I'll, I take a lot of walks.
5: Okay. And during those walks, what is the benefit of those walks to you?
6: Just to to get out and think.
5: And how far do you walk in general?
6: A lot of times it's it's down here to the to the station, or or I just walk around my neighborhood a little bit.
5: So is this like a ten-minute walk, a thirty-minute walk? What's ten minutes? Ten minutes. Okay. So uh, outside of walks, what other interests do you have?
6: I try to spend as much time with my family as I can.
5: Oh, that's good. That sounds wonderful because some of your family uh, some of your is in the bay area but some of your family is not in the bay area is that correct
6: That is correct
5: So I'm sure that when you have time to be together that's a valuable that's a valuable use of your time Yeah it is Another thing that I know you're interested in because this is another way that you have helped me at the station is that when I have done set up for music production and performance Josh has been there to help. Right. Josh has helped me plug in those cables. Josh has helped me move mic stands. So, yes, that's that's another skill that Josh has developed, not only for music but for full circle when we use the performance studio. Right. So, I know you're interested in music and I know that you worked on a project with Kevin Cartwright. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that.
6: <laughs> Boy that that project seems like a long time ago. Kevin came to me about an idea he had to pay tribute to my dad.
5: And your dad's name is? Phil Elwood. Okay.
6: We talked about it a little bit, and now our music library is, is dedicated to him, but not to, just to him. But it's dedicated to the whole family.
5: Wow, wow, I didn't know that. That's great. And so Phil Elwood was a music programmer here was is that not correct?
6: That is correct.
5: And what type of music did he feature on his show?
6: A lot of it was with, with jazz and and blues and a, a lot of singers.
5: So you worked on that project and I guess that you guys, Put together a final file. Right. What what is the name of that program?
6: It's a documentary on him. They aired it right before the dedication of the the music library.
5: Oh, okay. That, I think, would be wonderful to offer to the listeners doing one of these fun drives.
6: (laughs) So while, along with some, you know, the archives are safe, and they're with me at my little apartment in Berkeley.
5: Yes, we need to cherish and remember our history. I'm sure that that music and the way that he put together shows is uh, valuable to the station. So besides his room job, Josh is also a volunteer with another show. Josh, you want to tell us about that?
6: (laughs) Yeah, and I have been. been. I've been helping out with pushing limits for quite a while.
5: So tell us a little bit about Pushing Limits.
6: It's a show dealing with disability.
5: That show does air on Fridays?
6: Every other Friday at
5: 2.30. 2.30, okay. So that's something that our listeners can check out and listen to. Yes, it's a, a wonderful show that's staffed by people who have some challenges, and it talks to folks about what... Challenges people have and how they can deal with them and offers also some resources because I'm telling you, since my brother had multiple physical disabilities as well as developmental disabilities, it's not always easy to get information and it's not always easy to get support. So I am so, so glad that you guys have this show. So anything else, Josh, that you would like to add?
6: Not anything that I can think of right now.
5: Josh, I think we forgot to mention that you recently had an important milestone. Tell us about that, please.
6: March 1st of 2022, 30 years at KPFA for me.
5: That is fabulous. That is absolutely amazing, so.
6: You know, a regular work day.
5: You know that if things were different, we would have had a big, big party. I know. I say congratulations and more power to you. Thank you. March 2022, 30 years at this station. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, take care.
6: Thank you.
1: All right, you're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM. KPFA and kpfa.org, part of the Pacifica Network. Thank you again, Miss M. And a big shout out to Josh Elwood for his 30 year celebration. Yes, I actually haven't seen Josh since the pandemic started back in 2020. I would usually just run into Josh around the station in the hallways. Um, it's good to hear your voice, Josh, and congratulations on 30 years at KPFA. Everyone, be sure to check out Josh on Pushing Limits every other Friday at 2.30 on KPFA. Let's take a short music break. And in honor of Josh and celebrating 30 years at KPFA and Pacifica, here is a tribute to KPFA, from Black Body Sativa Productions, released in 2013.
0: How would you classify the element of programming? Deeper than your garden, variety, culture jamming, plus more damn boxes, blue lock and down, vision, the door slamming, anomaly, neurological famine, prearranged cognition. Got you on a mission wrestling against the fishing net like salmon without critical analytical skills to parse out truth from fiction, reality replicates addiction. Reality replicates addiction Said it once more Just in case y'all ain't listen. The next question to ask is Who's the programmer? And do they, or do they not really give a damn out? About your well-being? Your whole platform or Are they only safe by the norm? Snatching off your top seconds before the storm Well I know a place where you can crash Where it's safe and mad warm It's not a mirage, but a network named Pacifica Radio that actually respects the listener I can get there every night Plus every day And it bears the call letters K PFA, here in the Bay Smack in the middle of the down, make your day crack a smile Wow, you rebound stouts and steelos of those who pose legitimate while murmur and seek out This life and time become a little less vile The fog lifts you can see for another mile That's significant, edification imminent, basically You can't miss picking any day of the week and stop listening Get your face with morning mix that raises like democracy. now Letters in politics, verbal highway, terra verde Hard knock radio blues by the bay Visionary activist, cover to cover. Africa to date for my sisters and brothers. Maybe Women's Magazine or Against the Grain. Open up your heart and stretch out your brain. You may go over the edge for pushing limits, but explorations of life will put you back in it. It's all about your health and your fitness. Your point of departure in the Reg Express. Year time, night, magic, Friday night, vibe. La honda, the Chicano low ride. A positivity firewall from a native to full circle. I wish I could name them all flash points. Chocolate octane, I want to reset them all, but they don't rhyme. I'm not
1: going to. All right. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and KPFA.org. That song you just heard was a tribute to KPFA, released back in 2013 by Black Body Sativa Productions. And before that, you heard from KPFA's super spectacular mailroom organizer, Josh Elwood. He was speaking with our own Miss M. Up next on our personal journey show, First Voice graduate Sharon Peterson had a conversation with graduate apprentice Sonia Tyese from the group Nine Echoes of a New Sun and with Sharika G. of Just Armor about upcoming events in Marin City and other things.
3: I'm Sharon Peterson from Apprentice Group 43, Dry Long So Rising. Railong so means ordinary people like us, and we all must rise. With me tonight are two women Sonia Tiasi from apprentice group Nine Echoes of a New Sun and Sharika of the nonprofit Just Armor. They work to uplift families and youth in Marin City. Welcome to Full Circle. Sonia, please tell us a bit about your apprenticeship experience and what First Voice means to you. Thank you, Sharon
7: for asking, it feels so good to be a part of Full Circle. Going through the apprenticeship program was so impactful in my life and it shaped how I approached life and it still does. Full Circle's culture of sharing is so important. The way the program is structured is through sharing, sharing stories, sharing talent, sharing knowledge and skills, graduates become teachers, we are all learning. I remember when our sessions would start and we would check in, and when we would share honestly, we began to build relationships rooted in trust. Miss M, Mickey Mays, was a tremendous support. She always listened and supported my group, Nine Echoes of a New Sun, with love, enthusiasm that was contagious. The attributes of listening, caring, and being supportive I've carried with me and they have helped me. I think especially now independent investigation of truth is so important and consistently seeking truth I get to understand how we are all connected. This has shaped the way I raised my children This has made me understand my value and ultimately my responsibility to humanity. Lessons I've learned continue to echo in my life this present day. One of the echoes that continue to help me is really truly understanding who I am and what I want to bring out and how I want to serve because what was different about KPFA and the full circle program for me. It was that things that were important and that I value were not were being reported or reflected. And so it really made me take ownership was important and what I thought needed to be amplified. And the way things need to be amplified should be done through sincerity and through respect and with compassion. And I felt it was so empowering to be around people to speak their truth. While I was in the apprenticeship program, I was a single mom, actually had a child when I was very young, I was 16, and that made me grow up fast and really be accountable for another life. And so doing that, I think, bettered me as a person because I understood that this is real serious here. And so being a single mom, I was working And I also volunteered at the Wildlife Center in Sassoon. My daughter, she got accepted to UC Santa Cruz, and this was in 2010. I reunited with my husband, and we continued to have four children. So I have a total of five children. And my dedication is to my children and the legacy that they are going to leave and the knowledge that has been transferred to me, I'm instilling into my kids.
3: Thank you, Sonia. We're about 10 years apart, but my experience is very similar to yours. Please tell us how you and Shirika came to be working together.
7: Yes. I recently moved to Marin City. I had spent 10 years prior in Santa Cruz and through a faith mate of mine, named Beverly. She introduced me to Sharika. She had told me all these wonderful things about a woman that was working so passionately in the community with the youth. And I took our children to one of the events Sharika had going on at the park near my house. And she was such a light in the way she interacted with the kids and really elevated the children. I was just so drawn to her, and my family was drawn to her. And we started to go to her events and support her events, and um beautiful relationship ensued.
3: And Sharika happens to be right here. Sharika, please tell us about some of the things you two are working on.
8: It shall be a profuse joy to do that. Essentially, I fervently believe that every human being is a gold mine and has purpose. And when you posture young adults and people of all ages to mine the gold mine that dwells within them, it edifies our communities. So where Sonia and I currently live in Marin County is known for It's enchantment, but also embedded in this enchantment, they've had some serious dynamics surrounding equity issues and contending with implicit, explicit biases. And I've observed that there were always several conversations and, you know, going on about how to eradicate and dismantle this dynamic. But I noticed it was a dynamic where people were oblivious to these biases that were unfortunately very prevalent within Marin County. And so my background is in psychology, in ministry, and also insurance. And so it dawned on me, if you manifest the opportunity for reaction, that reaction or interaction, if you will, will ignite a reaction. And that reaction can bring forth a subtraction to those types of dynamics persisting within the community. And that was the reason as to why I was compelled to start orchestrating opportunities for people of every ingredient to come like a family and engage in dancing together with the aspiration of Diminishing communal tension and dissension and essentially going into greater dimensions of wellness just because we seized the chance to dance to enhance our countywide communal family in Marin County seasoned with all the ingredients of humanity. I tell you, we are very fortunate and blessed to have this extremely talented gentleman named Jamel Brown of Transcending Arts who has played with Stevie Wonder and Carlos Santana. And so every month and this month upcoming April 23rd and Rocky Ground Park of Marin City from Twelve thirty until two thirty, we're going to be dancing together with a cultural instructor named Kokai, who studied in Ghana for eight years, was African dance, and we all come and we dance together with free food and raffle prizes, a drum circle with classes, and then also we have Helen Key, who is doing art projects, providing the community with the opportunity to artistically encapsulate uh, what does dancing into new dimensions. Look like. And so, if people are interested in knowing what's going on in this effort, this movement of movement, literally, they can go to justarmor.org. And that's just because all it takes is just us to do what is just and righteous, J U S T, armor, like the armor uh, that you wear in war, the full armor of Christ, if you will, A R M O U R. Dot org, And there are, on that site, there will be updates made about the dancing events. Right now, the website predominantly has our skating events also tied into building a community as we just skate and give love that we have that's been ongoing for the past two years, where in actuality, the nonprofit that I'm the president of has given out over $5,000 worth of free skates just to ensure that we can all... No matter where we come from or our economical status can be positioned to skate together. Understanding that when you skate, that we all fall. And when we fall, I can cause my neighbor to fall. And when someone extends a hand to catch me when I fall and to rise me back up again and to encourage me to continue that process, that quality interaction ignites the building of family by dismantling or uprooting the weeds of biases that fester and planting seeds of us seeing and admiring each other as human beings. And when you have mutual admiration, it does give birth to communal elevation from these organic interactions that we're creating. So again, we have April 23rd from 1230 to 230 of Dancing to Build Community and Healthy Relationships with Jamel Brown of Transcending Arts, we're going to be starting again, skating together, also in Marin City on April 9th, every second Sunday, again, forging wholesome relationships for the well-being of community. And there are some very exciting things that are up and coming that I know Sonia probably will want to speak on in the future, that she will play a very vital, integral role in. Uh, that will be uh, a, a game
3: changer. Thank you, Sharika. We'll take a quick music break with Jalakunda African Drums. and we're back to full circle. We just heard the Jolly Kunda African drums, and with us tonight, are graduate apprentice, Sonia Tiasi and Sharika of Just Armor. Sonia, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your upcoming projects?
7: I'd like to share that in regards to the skating events, how my children have benefited, because some of my children, um, I have four little ones, ages 11, nine, six and three learn to skate in the 200 lot in Marin City. And just the confidence that they have gotten from being out there on them skates and being supported has transmitted into family life, Um, their posturing with their education. I mean, when a child is confident It's just such a spark that um, it really just benefits everyone and I'm so proud to be a part of it. It's gaining a lot of momentum and it is such a wonderful experience to be a part of because it really is welcome to all, all ages, all people, of all ingredients to come out and dance and get to know each other and as we're doing that we're unlocking the capacities as we're doing that we are seeing the potentiality of each other and of ourselves and so it, that drum beat is so powerful and it truly is healing And and Jamayo is is excellent. And so I, I really encourage everyone that can to come on out. I really appreciate you reaching out to me, Sharon. And I think that the things that we have going on are very important and of great value because when we can deal with each other honestly, and see each other honestly. Again, the possibilities are limitless. And I've experienced that by having a healthy, honest, working relationship with Sharika. And for my kids to see things manifest and how, yes, there could be difficulties but the way we navigate them in a wholesome way is beneficial to ourselves and no one should be designated as others. So when we do right by ourselves, we're doing right by all. And I'm very proud to be working in conjunction with Sharika. And I'm very proud to have this opportunity to serve the community and the greater humanity.
3: I'd like very much to thank graduate apprentice Sonia Tiasi, Sharika of Just Armor. Uh, the, link, the link to Just Armor will be archived on kpfaapprentice.org after the show.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Pacifica Radio 94.1 FM, KPFA and kpfa.org. This is Full Circle Thank you, Sharon Peterson, for bringing back First Voice graduate Sonia Tayessi. It was good to hear your voice back on the KPFA airwaves. Next, we'll get on to our closing story of the night. Earlier this month on Friday, March 4th, history was made when former Contra Costa County Sheriff and Danville Police Officer Andrew Hall was sentenced to six years in prison for the 2018 killing of Vladimir Arboleda. I was at the courthouse for the sentencing and I collected this audio for this report. Here you will hear from the families of Vladimir Arboleda and Tyrell Wilson, along with civil rights attorney John Burris and community activist Veronica Benjamin. A large crowd overflowing into the hallways packed the AF Bray Courthouse in Martinez to witness the sentencing of Deputy Sheriff Danville Police Officer Andrew Hall. Officer Hall was convicted of assault with a firearm, leading to great bodily injury and the death of Vladimir Arboleda, a 33-year-old Filipino-American man. Last year, during his trial, a jury ruled that Officer Hall went against his training when he stepped in front of Arbolito's car during a slow-speed chase and fired nine rounds from his handgun into the slow-moving vehicle back in 2018. During the trial last year, the former officer's attorney tried to argue self-defense, but the jury didn't agree, and the conviction of assault with a firearm followed. In today's sentencing, Judge Terry Mockler repeated the earlier court's findings saying that Officer Hall failed to follow his training on numerous occasions during the encounter, and not only did this lead to the death of Vladimir Arboleda, but it also put the lives of citizens and his fellow officers in danger. Before handing down what would be a historic sentence, Judge Mockler dismissed an enhancement for a use of a firearm, which carried an additional three- to ten-year sentence. In the end, The former officer was sentenced to six years for killing Arbolita and will do 85% of his time as it was a violent felony. Outside the courthouse, Arbolita's family and supporters let out cheers of victory and justice served. This is Jennifer Leong, sister of Vladimir Arbolita, speaking to supporters and press.
5: We prayed and hoped for this day, although it's just six years, at least it's, state prison jail time. Thank you for all the supporters. We've been praying and living this torturous hell for the last three years. And we also support the family of Tyrell Wilson. They are here today.
1: Officer Hall is also still looking at possible charges from the March 2021 case of Tyrell Wilson who was the second person of color Andrew Hall killed in just over two years. Officer Hall confronted Tyrell Wilson near a freeway overpass in Danville after receiving calls of someone throwing rocks at passing cars. When Tyrell was contacted by Officer Hall, he repeatedly stepped back with a small pocket knife in his hand. Officer Hall continually closed the gap until he drew his weapon and fired a shot to the face of Tyrell Wilson, killing him instantly in front of dozens of passing motorists, and people stopped waiting at red lights. There to also address the crowd was Marvin Wilson, Tyrell Wilson's father. Marvin Wilson is a retired Orange County Sheriff with more than 30 years on the job. This is what he had to say about another officer's conduct. Um, I've uh,
9: worked with the Orange County Sheriff Department in Southern California for 31 years. All my former co-workers that were looking into this case, they sided with me. I wasn't being one-sided because it was my son. Uh, Officer Hall was just reckless and abandoned. And the judge even said that. People with uh, mental illness, You you don't box them in, especially when they're not running. But you don't have, don't corner them. You you know, and and don't kill them. And this was in both cases, I felt uh, it was a green light for him to just kill them and think nobody would care. No, we do care. And that's why we're here today. It's still not over. He still has, he still has the answer for another killing, yes. That's right. yeah. 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 and then and then yeah. this will be the final trial, and we still won't be at rest. Yeah. You know, this is going to haunt us the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just appreciate the the, the yeah. DA's office, um, the city of Martinez. You know, just uh, just the people that, that have uh, given both families the support that you know that we needed. And I just never thought we would get the support. In the love, you know, just from the the city of Danville, uh, all the way even to the the, the original officers that were uh, trying to pull over Vladimir. I even watched that body cam tape where they were like saying, "Don't shoot, don't shoot." Right. They were trying to do yeah. the right those officers we need them
4: yeah.
9: Yeah. Yeah. but what I'm saying it's like it's, it's, the, it's those few, and unfortunately, we don't get to weed them out. Until they do something like this.
1: Addressing the crowd, standing next to Marvin Wilson, Tyrell Wilson's father, was civil rights attorney John Burris. Burris says he lays the blame with the Contra Costa County sheriff.
10: The Contra Costa County sheriff really has blood on their hands here. Because they easily could have removed Officer Hall from the scene after the first killing. But no, they didn't want to acknowledge yes. that it was a bad killing right. and that he was wrong in doing it. Yes. And as a consequence, he left the officer back on the scene. And what did he do? Killed he again. killed again. Two years, and, you know, four months. So right. if he'd acknowledged that the training wasn't followed in the first instance, we would not have had a second dead young man. Right. And that's the tragedy of it all.
1: Burris also says he hopes today's sentencing sends a message.
10: And yes. so the momentum of public support yes. and protesting is, yes. I think, will have a dramatic impact in causing police to recognize that there will be a reckoning. Yes. Train them yes. properly and make sure they follow the training. Yes. And if they don't, then there's a consequence to that.
1: Contra Costa County District Attorney, Diana Beckton also attended the sentencing. Speaking to press outside her office, she had this to say. As
3: found by the jury, Deputy Andrew Hall unreasonably shot Latimer Abuleta. This sentence is reflective of the gravity of the crime Deputy Hall committed. Deputy Hall's actions were dangerous, unreasonable, and excessive. In sentencing the defendant to prison, the court recognized the need for accountability the sentence imposed today is proportionate to the egregious shooting committed by a law enforcement officer
1: there to represent conscious contra costa a community organization that rallied crowds and actions on behalf of Vladimir arboleda and tyrell wilson was veronica benjamin
11: uh i just want to make a statement to anyone watching that it takes the community coming forward and standing up when they see injustice Tyrell Wilson's murder could have been avoided yeah, yeah. I personally spoke to the Danville police chief in the summer of 2020 before Tyrell was shot and I told him having seen the video of what Andrew Hall did to Laudemar Arboleda I don't feel safe as a woman of color in my town with that man with a badge and a gun right, I told right. him that seven months or so before the murder of Tyrell Wilson so it's important to speak up and it's important to get friends. Yeah. Get your community members. Come out into the streets. We're the people. We need to hold these power structures accountable. And we need a society where all of us can thrive. I'm holding this shirt. This is a replica of the shirt that Lautimer Arboleda was shot in. It says, live healthy, eat right, play hard, thrive. We're here calling for our county to let all of us thrive. Public safety does not rest in guns and badges. It's in services. It's in support for people who most need it and protecting our county's most vulnerable residents. And it's in love, and in, love yeah, in love and in grace, and watching out for each other. So I just want to express my deepest and most profound love for the families, all the families gathered here today, and I'm just calling out to the community members. Also, next Tuesday, March 8th, would have been Tyrell Wilson's 34th birthday. We're going to meet just down there in front of the DA's office in Martinez, and we're going to lift his name loud and clear. We're going to release doves, and we're going to call for additional charges to be brought so that both of these men see some modicum of accountability for the horrific things that happened to them. Justice for Tyrell, Justice for Vladimir Arboleda. Mental illness is not a crime. Not a
1: crime. In their closing remarks to supporters, Arbolita's sister says the fight for justice for other families of police violence continues.
5: This fight is still not over. You, you guys didn't get the- we will stand with the Wilson no, they family. Put
1: before that.
5: <laughs> uh, we will continue to fight for all the other families, for Angelo Quinto's family, yes. for Miles Hall family, yes. and all the other young men that were taken.
1: This is Frank Sterling reporting for KPFA and Pacifica Radio. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for links and information related to tonight's show, including a link to Conscious Contra Costa, the organization that organized protests and rallies For the arbolita and wilson families let me give a big shout out to first voice graduates sonia chayesi and sharon peterson for contributing to tonight's show and the full circle crew our executive producer miss m joy moore our production consultant and me again freewell and franklin i am the technical director for this show full circle and i have also been your host tonight and thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is Ronda Bajita. Good night, everyone.